Hello and welcome to Side Piece Season. I'm your host, Enero. Despite the title, yes, I still believe in love. Here, we engage in real talk about real relationships. The good, the bad, the ugly. We don't dodge any of it. We have more heart than that because what's better than a loving relationship? Sometimes life gets in the way, so let's talk about that. But first, let me say, my standard disclaimer is that I am not a counselor, psychiatrist, psychologist, therapist of any kind, man of the cloth, shaman, none of the above. So why are you listening to me? Well, first of all, I'm a registered nurse, so you know I'm coming in hot with at least one semester of psych. I'm divorced after 20 years. I bring all of that experience to the table. I have tons of first and secondhand knowledge of how things get off track. I think that I've done the side piece thing every way that you could do it and live to tell the tale. And I have a vested interest in helping you avoid the pitfalls, especially the ones that I've made. Having said all that, sit back, relax, let's get into the show. Hey, 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 what's up? This is Enero. You are listening to Side Piece Season, and we're going to get into the series that I started. It was the six reasons why your girl side pieced up on you. So we're going to go into number five on that list, which is her being undersexed. So very common misconception, stereotype, whatever you want to call it, is that women like sex less than men. It's not the case. You can't say one thing for any group, no matter who, what, where, when. So point blank, there are plenty of women that like sex more than the person that they're with. So with that in mind, let's just take it back and just take gender out of it altogether. Let's do some raw numbers. If you were a person that liked to have sex three times a week, that would put you at 156 times a year. And if you're somebody that likes to have sex 10 times a month, or excuse me, 10 times a year, that means you have sex 1.2 times a month. So those two people being together, regardless of gender, are going to have some serious problems because there's not a real easy way to reconcile that big of a gap, right? There's a huge, huge gap. Um, did I say this was side piece season? You guys know that already, right? Uh, I am recording this live for YouTube for the first time. Um, so forgive me if I'm bouncing back and forth. Anyway, it's a huge gap. So you're talking 156 times versus 10 times. So that's the, the, the quote unquote sexless marriage. I think they say it's 10 or less times a year. So if you have that in a relationship, whether it's dating, uh, cohabitating, or actually being married, that, that is a huge, you know, if somebody likes it 20 times a year and somebody likes it 10 times a year, you can work with that. You can make that happen. But uh, 156 to 10, or, or really 156 to anything less than 100, it's probably going to be a bit of a problem. So we're talking specifically about why your girl would have side pieced up on you in that scenario. Well, if you don't have enough sex, sex, you know, you're releasing uh, oxytocin, which causes bonding. Like, you know, every time you have an orgasm, there's a little bit, a little burst of oxytocin comes out there and then that increases your bonding. A lot of that is not happening. Now, 
Additionally, you are not making her feel attractive, wanted, sexy, none of those things that she would want to feel. Um, think about it. If you, if the shoe was on the other foot and you wanted to have sex all the time and she didn't, um, how are you going to feel? Pretty close to the same ways. It's a slight difference based on gender, but you know, that's a way to connect and you're not going to connect that way if you're not interested in sex the same way that she is. So the mismatch is going to cause a lot of friction, a lot of negative feelings. Um, I don't know. I'll tell you this right now. I don't have a solution. If the mismatch is that great, I don't know what to do. Um, when you're close to each other numerically and in, in, in desire, then of course, of course you can figure that out. Um, that is an easy one. Um, again, let's just pick numbers. Person A you're, likes to have it 100 times a year. And person B likes to have it 75 times a year. Well, you go slow, you know, ratchet up your connection, some massage oil, you know, take it slow, more foreplay, make it romantic, candles. That's an easier gap to close than this 100 to like the 10 person. So if you are the guy, let's talk about why you would not. So some people just don't have a high sex drive. That's just where they are. But for men, there's also this, uh, you know, diabetes can lead to some erectile dysfunction. Um, the nuns are going to like me for this one. Porn. If you watch a lot of porn and that is something that you're into and you do a lot, I'm not judging you. But what I am going to say is that every time that you have an orgasm watching porn, you become a little bit more attached and connected and bonded to your TV or your computer, or your laptop, whatever, whatever you're watching it on. That also kind of skews your expectation. Let's, let's be clear. Porn is made for the titillation of it all. No pun intended. Um, but it's, you know, it's basically, you know, the average porn theme, if there is even a theme is, Hey, Hey, bam. And then it's over. That's not, not to say that it never happens, but that's not what you're going to get in your real relationship because you should have good communication. You should know each other. You should, you know, in the cases of the married folks, they're probably living together, right? It's not going to be like that. And there's all the other things. You're a confidant to that person. They look to you for all kinds of support. And um, if you guys haven't heard anything before, check out my previous uh, podcast where I talked about the different types of infidelity um, and attachment types. I and mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into a long-term relationship. So if you're not sexually active enough for your girl, she's going to feel all kinds of negative emotions, right? Unattractive, unwanted, undesirable, like tons of bad things, which is not what anybody wants to feel in a relationship. Relationship supposed to be good. A lot of people, this is a little tangent here, but a lot of people always say, Oh, I can't wait to get married, married, married. You never hear, or at least I never hear anyone say, I can't wait to be happily married. That's the difference. That's what everybody really wants to be happily married. 
So we don't even like spell it out. We don't even dream it right in our head, right? You need to be engaged. You need to be, I hate to say methodical, but methodical. Um, you've got to do all the all of this groundwork and and really moving back to all that other stuff, you've got to get your shit together. You have to be coming as a whole individual into any relationship. So back to some of the things that stops. We got diabetes, which can give you some erectile dysfunction. We've got uh, porn. Another thing is if they have like some depression, if they're taking SSRIs or any other kind of mood stabilizing drugs, long-term, those also lead to some sexual dysfunction. So you got to look at the, the totality of the picture. Um, and, you know, on the other side of that, as there's increased pressure from the, from the, we're talking about a woman that has a higher sex drive than a man. So as there's increased pressure from her to him, that pressure, no pressure is not sexy to anybody. Um, so the more pressure he's feeling, the less likely he would be to engage. It's, it's a catch 22. Again, like I said, in the last episode, there's a lot of catch 22s in relationships. So her sexual frustration goes up, which makes her vocal to him. Then his, I don't know, ambivalence, fear, whatever you want to call it, whatever's going on. Cause I, I can't say that I know exactly what it is without talking to the person. Right. But that's getting increased too. So they're basically pushing each other apart or pushing away from each other. And that's, the big problem when you start to push away from each other, um, nothing good comes of it. Right. All right. So that's part one, kind of the lay of the land. All right. So let's be clear on the things there. There could be a number of medical and or psychological things, which I guess technically is medical as well. Um, that could be going on with a guy that has the low sex drive. Uh, low testosterone, a number of things. So we could get into that. I mean, that's something that you would have to actually see a doctor about, get some labs done and figure out what's what. Um, or if you're on an SSRI or some other drug, you know, long-term, you got to look at that. There might be something that's just a psychological deterrent. Um, the way they were raised, they may have some shame issues. Uh, they may have some past traumas. Who knows? The point is that's the lay of the land. There could be some reason that's that's making him have a either the inability to have sex or a he might just have a baseline smaller sex drive. The that's part one. So we laid out the foundation. Part two, um, how does that lead to her having a side piece? Well, I mean it's pretty straightforward. If you like to have sex 156 times a year and your husband, boyfriend, whatever man does not, there's going to come a point where you're going to run into somebody that catches your eye and, and the thought's going to get in there. And then the next thing you know, you have a side piece. Um, and this can be a very, very helpful thing as far as your sexual frustration. But then 
you know, if you're not the kind of cutthroat gal that's out for self, you're probably going to have some guilt that kicks in and you're going to feel a certain way. And uh, then that's going to cause another problem with you. And an example of some way that I saw that play out, um, there's the side piece starts off. And sorry about that. The side piece starts off. The relationship's good. Everything's good. This It's just sexual. And then it goes on two months, three months, six months, eight months. It's gone on a long time. Now, all of a sudden, again, the bonding chemicals are released every time you have an orgasm. So it's not shocking that you would start to develop feelings for the person that you're cheating with. Um, are they real? Yes, because chemically you are bonding to that person. So they're definitely, they're real, they're legitimate feelings. Um, but that whole relationship is kind of very, very um, shiny. It's the interview phase kind of thing. You know, when you first meet somebody, you guys can talk and everything's cool and you're on your best behavior. They're on their best behavior. It's because it's the interview phase. Everything in the interview phase is dope. Um, so this is a special case of the interview phase, right? Because all of your interactions are pleasant. You have, you, you hook up, you have great sex, maybe you catch a nice meal, you go to a movie, whatever. Walk in the park, all the things that you've been missing out, you get to express that in all the other ways besides physical. So now you end up uh, having these feelings um, that I will say that in all of the people that I have seen get into these relationships, including myself, I don't know anybody that's ever like, I don't know, I've not seen somebody that left a relationship to get into a relationship with somebody that they were cheating with. And those two got together and lived happily ever after. Having said that, before I get, you know, a bunch of emails and stuff, I'm not saying that it is impossible. I'm just saying that I've never seen it personally. Like the vast majority of the time, I, I haven't seen it ever work out. I've seen uh, people get together and they might have a good two, three year run. But at some point, the reality of all of the things that go into a relationship kicks in. And then what do you have? Um, now, it's not impossible to make that work. You could easily, if you side pieced up with someone and you were a great communicator, empathic listener, really dialed into making a connection, you, I mean, why couldn't it work? It's totally possible. I just don't think that it does work because most of the times that's not actually, those two are only together as a symptom of the problems with the primary relationship. So if you're the exhaust valve or, you know, the, the steam exhaust on the teapot, that only works for so long, right? You don't develop all the good skills that you need. Relationships require work, point blank. Um, so there's a lot of skills to perfect, lots of things. I still struggle to listen to somebody's story 
I'm talking about women. I struggle to listen to your story without offering a suggestion as to how to resolve it. It's something about dudes. We always have like, boom, do this. Nobody wants that. I mean, sometimes they want that, but the majority of the time, the best thing you can do is listen. Just listen. Maybe ask some probative questions, redirect, get them talking. And sometimes that's enough to get them to figure out their own answers or at least blow off enough steam and work things out. So I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but typically the relationships that come as a spinoff of a side piece thing, I, I have personally never seen one last longer than three years. Now, where does that fit into the grand scheme of things? Because they say subsequent marriages, right? tend to be shorter and shorter and shorter. So is that just a normal pattern? I would say that's partly it, but I, I would also go back to leaning on the fact that when you're together having some of the best sex of your life as a side piece, you don't have to worry about any of the other stuff. There's never the problems that come up. There's never the things that you're there to soothe and help with are a segment of the totality of the life, right? You, you're, you're just there for a specific reason. And sometimes you could be anybody, right? Like that's something else that people get into, like as far as the person that like got into the side piece relationship, they think it's them, but really you're just X. They're solving for X. I need somebody to give me more sex, solve for X. Oh. You'll do your ex. And it's, it's kind of cold blooded. It's heartless to say it that way, but that's the facts of it. Um, like I said, things can develop. You're going to see some stuff happening. You're, there's going to be some emotions that crop up because that's the nature. That's the physiological nature of it all. Right. Hashtag ratchet medical. Um, anyway, so things are going to kick in. You're going to see some things happen. And it's like a band-aid on a bullet hole. That's what I will say. Um, I think that most side piece relationships are just symptomatic of a problem that's happening or maybe several problems that are happening in the primary relationship. Um, there are some people let's, let's we're assuming, or I'm assuming that you're in a serious relationship and you want it to be good and all that. There are some people, you know who you are, um, especially you guys out there in the Air Force, uh, that have no intention of being loyal sexually. Like, they're going to be loyal in every other way, they say. Um, I shouldn't say just the Air Force, military. I'll just get you all because you, you know who you are. Um, but they have no intention uh, of being loyal from day one. That's a separate thing. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about people that got together, maybe didn't communicate well, didn't know each other well enough. And then now you're finding these problems out, things that you have to deal with. Um, so side pieces roll up into the scene. Uh, now, I think that's pretty straightforward. Um, I think I've covered side piece, the side piece angle and where they would come into the picture. So we're going to go to chapter three, which is where we talk about ways to 
show up better in the relationship from the man's point of view in order to prevent this side piece thing from ever happening. So I don't really have a good answer for you as far as what you can do to stop that. Because first of all, you got to figure out what's going on. And it could be something physical, medical, psychological, you know, social. I'm going to put the porn thing as social. So the, there could be a number of reasons why he's not having enough sex. And I, I think seek professional help. I mean, you, you really, there's no way around this one. And it might not be a psychiatrist that you need. It might be a doctor that you need. Um, again, there are several, sorry about that. There's several medical conditions that um, occur that can, you know, erectile dysfunction. They kind of made that up. Like, you know, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But it might require some medication. It might require getting off of some medication. Um, it might require more exercise, changing your like lifestyle. There's a lot of things that it could be. I certainly don't know them. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't pretend, I wouldn't throw it out there in this format to say, oh yeah, just do this and you'll fix it. Because that's a very complicated thing. Again, if, if the sex drives during the dating phase or, or whatever, um, the early phases, if the sex was like, you know, adequate for both as far as quantity and quality, and then at some point it wasn't, we have to figure out what happened. Um, there has to be something that's going on. Now, it could be pressure. It could be stress from work. I mean, stress is a big, we all are subject to stress. Uh, and there's no, no way around it. Uh, so it could be stress. Again, there are certain um, drugs that will uh, impair male sexual performance and anybody's just desire for sex. Um, could be a lot. You need a pro. What kind of pro you need? I don't know. If it turns out that you need um, some psychological help, get it. It's out there. Tons of it. Are, it's just everywhere. Just go get it. But acting like nothing's happening, trying to like sweep it under the rug, um, pretend it will like work itself out. Uh, that's probably, I'd say probably in the first three months, random number I just pulled out of the air. If things drop off drastically, they were every, it was fire. Things drop off drastically because I mean, long-term relationships, it does drop off normally. But if it drops off drastically, dramatically, and one person is like left high and dry, I wouldn't go more than three months before I addressed it. We have a bad habit of pretending that things will fix themselves. No, you have to come at that with some intent and purpose, some good communication skills. Again, no yes, no questions. Get the yes, no questions out of there probative questions, open-ended questions, and frame all of your disappointment as your problem, right? Like, don't point the finger, like, you know, this is for the ladies out there. If you have a guy that's not having sex with you adequately, whether it be quantity or quality, communication should fix that. If communication can't fix that, 
you're going to get way more traction from I feel less desirable when you don't want to have sex with me. That opens up a door and puts the ball in his court as opposed to saying, you ain't shit. You don't fuck me enough. Sorry. Kids, don't listen. Um, so, you know, from his point of view, if this guy's got some sort of block, physical, mental, emotional, whatever, then he's got to come at it real as well. He's got to say, hey, I think I feel you being very frustrated about the sex thing, but I just don't know what's wrong. I can't because of blank, whatever. Come at it realistically. It's a team thing, right? Back to types of intimacy. Sex is only one of four intimacies, right? It's a very important one. They're all important. But sex is one of the ones that's kind of foundational. I would say uh, as far as the the two biggest ones, probably going to be emotional and sex, sexual. Um, So with that in mind, yeah, there's four types of intimacy. Go back and get your cliff notes on that. Um, Remember, I'm not a scientist, psychologist, none of that stuff. So I'm just giving you the facts. Um, But there are definitely, there would be definitely uh, consequences if the sexual, there's a sexual mismatch, right? Like that's going to cause certain emotions, negative emotions. It's a blow to the ego. It would be either way. Like if she wanted more sex than he wanted, or if he wanted more sex than she wanted, it's a blow to the ego. It makes you feel like something is wrong with you. Something is wrong with them. It's just problematic. Um, I'm happy that we're talking about sex because we don't talk about sex enough. Like sex should be like, you know, we should be able to talk about sex and understand our sexuality and all of that stuff. Kind of like the weather, like it's, man, it's really sunny out there today. You know, like, Hey, you know, we don't have enough sex and I feel really horny out there. Um, that was a bad joke. Anyway, sorry. I'm wrapping it up. That's all I got. Um, thanks for your time. I'm recording this on a Friday as far as the podcast goes, but, um, I'm supposedly going to have this ready to rock sometime uh, video-wise on my YouTube channel on, well, let's just say next week. Um, That's it. That's all I got. Be well. Be good to each other. I'm out. Well, that's it. That's the show for this week. I hope you heard something that you can use and that you learned something new. Thanks for checking in, sharing your time. I appreciate it. Drop me a line if you have any comments, questions, or discussions. My Instagram is sidepiece underscore season. Facebook, sidepiece season, two words. And you can get me on Twitter at sidepiece season, no spaces. Uh, If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend. And if you did not like what you heard, please tell an enemy. Have a great week. I'll meet you back here in a week. We'll do it all over again. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Peace.